Have you ever dreamed of a life designed by you, not for you? A life where you hold the reins of your financial future. At Become an Investor, we believe in you and your unique potential. We're a community of like-minded individuals all walking the path towards financial independence. We understand that success is crafted in the face of adversity. It's in these testing times that we discover our resilience, our determination, and our discipline. That's why we're inviting you to learn more about becoming an investor. It's not just about learning the ins and outs of real estate investing. It's about empowering you to take control of your financial future. We'll provide the tools, but the choice to act, to persevere, and to succeed is yours. Join us and start your journey towards living life by design. Together, we'll turn aspiration into reality and empowerment into success. Learn more at becomeaninvestor.com. Welcome back, people. One more podcast. Welcome for one more episode of Live Life by Design. Uh, bring by Become an Investor. Uh, tonight to have our host here. Thank you for being here, Mr. Lewis. Wicho Medina, how are you? It's been a while, huh? Yeah, welcome back. Hey, I feel, I feel like this is the second time where it's been a while. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to stop taking breaks, man. You yeah, know? dude. No, but you know what? It, it also, I love it because... I just got to throw this out there. I, I listen to every single episode that uh, we release, and I I fucking love the growth. I love the growth in both of you and Sarah and some of our guests at times where I notice, you know, um, how, how rapidly you achieve difference putting in the work. Right, you know, baby some, steps. Yeah, some baby sometimes steps. a lot of people get caught up in in the uh, theory, 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 theory of things, and neglect the application. So the consistency here, I love it. I mean, I love it. I'm I'm happy to be back. I'm glad. I'm stoked to be here. Um, I enjoy every minute of it. I miss it when I'm not here. Yeah. But, but then the traveling is also <laughs> nice. Right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We also have here with us Mr. Steven Campos. Hello, hello. How are hello. you doing, Mr.? Beautiful. Beautiful. Just uh work work, you know, just trying to get things done. Yeah, there you go. And also Steven Jr., our guest. How are you, Steven? Good. Steven, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> trying to stay busy. Yeah, there you go. That, that that's the mindset. Well, guys, tonight we're going to be talking about something very nice, persistence on the job. And, of course, you always open up with a quote. And tonight, your quote is going to be, say by Mr. Stevens. Go ahead. That's me. All right. So our quote for the night is, success is not the absence of failure. It's the persistence through failure. Bam. That's Bam. a good quote. Because you know what? We just experienced something like that, right? Um, with, with a, uh, I don't know what we call that, not necessarily a deal just yet, but a case that we're working on. And, you know, it, we had to persist and kind of work through some of the issues and some of the things that we found in, that, uh, in the case. Um, but if it wasn't for us being persistent and kind of continuing to look through and trying to find ways to get around things, 
it would have fell apart. So key is persistence. Yeah. A hundred percent. What's your take on that, man? Uh, well, you have to be persistent for anything, uh, especially for starting, uh, running a business, starting a business, things like that. Like for me, I started my own shoe business last year. And if I didn't stay persistent and keep going day after day, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Nice. I wouldn't have grown as much as I have. And I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today. So persistence is something real big for me. Yeah. 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 What what about you, Danny? Well, you need to be persistent in every corner of her life, of course, because persistence comes with the courage to continue. I mean, uh, it's like you guys, you know, I know you guys are going to go ahead on the deal that's going up and down, up and down. Mm -hmm. If you get on the first on the first wall over there, on the v- first obstacle, and you think that you fell and you do not persist and continue, you are going to be on the same spot. You are going to be on the same place. So persistence right. is going to move you forward um, as it goes. I mean, just look forward. There is always a solution. Sometimes it doesn't look like, mm-hmm. but if you are persistent enough, we are going to go around the problems and maybe we're going to find a solution for that. Yeah. Persistent. Absolutely. Campos. You know, I I was just going to try to tie that into what you said when we started, right? Is the, uh, the theory versus application. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Persistence can go either very good for you or very bad for you. Right. Yeah. Because you can be persistent in just theorizing what you're going to do. Yeah. And then you're stuck in that circle. Right. And that's still being persistent. Right. Or you can be persistent in application and just working through, just getting started working through and continuously fighting and, and, and uh, being like an ant. Right. I think I said this to you before, be like an ant and go through, go over, go around, whatever it is you need to do for that wall that gets put in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, so I'm going to ask you a stupid question, um, which I'm, I'm a professional at that. <laughs> but so tonight we're going to be talking my mind my mind is spinning but um tonight we're going to be talking about a specific deal we're working on right but let me ask you this how long is persistency um needed for success in business you know what everybody defines success in a different way Right. Some people can take that, that the fact that they actually overcame a hump as success. Mm -hmm. Some people may uh, decide success is um, whatever comes out of that deal or um, success can be defined as, you know what, I'm doing what I want to do today. Right. So I think that it's going to depend on what some, what a person's definition of success is. Yeah. But I think that, you know, for me, persistence and, and success um, my thought is, and, and this is just me, the way I operate, you only fail when you quit. That's it. Right. right. So if I stop doing whatever it is I'm doing, that's my failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, you know, I'm a dumbass. I'm stubborn. I don't like to lose. So I just keep pushing forward until I find a solution. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking, man. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking and everybody, everybody, you know, relates their thought process to their experience, but I'm trying to think for uh, people looking to get into the business. 
what their expectation, what their real expectation and their fake expectation um, is and how it lines up with that persistency. What what is it? How what should they expect out of this business? You know, uh, some deals happen over a beer. Some deals happen. I mean, I think the longest I've worked on a deal, I think it was two and a half years on a deal. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then, but then again, I made 325 grand on that deal. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I didn't sleep there. I didn't move in with them. It was just building that rapport and staying connected for that long of a time. And I'm like, at, at times you think, Holy shit, is this even worth it? So let me ask you one thing. How many times uh, persistence for me, it's also know that you're going to fail at certain mm-hmm. point right. and be creative enough to find another way to keep going, right? Right. Because you have, you have a vision. So how many times on these two years and a half mm-hmm. you had to recreate the same deal? Like That is... That is a freaking badass question because it's a very real, real question. Yep. And and you're right. In the two and a half years that I dealt with this particular case, sometimes I said, you know what? Nothing's going to come out of it. And then you would get a sign that somebody was breathing still. And you would say, oh, my God, okay, let me go. Uh, let me bring the rapport that I have and see what new discoveries I get and yeah. how I can cook a new recipe with this. Yeah. You know, and then and then still fall into the space of, okay, something's going to come out of this, and then it falls through the cracks again. And, you know, if you're disciplined and persistent, it might not be through you. It might be through the seller or even at times through a partner, right? And 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 it's okay. I mean, I've had deals where partners move away or they're just not interested in the deal anymore in the business. And because I stuck around, I monetized, you know, but I was persistent and then they weren't. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I go back to, there was a, a case that I was working on. Was it last year, last summer? And I was on this thing for probably six months. Mm. And I think I, I told you about this when we were driving up the hill the other day and I go by that house the other day and it was being rehabbed. And I was like, motherfucker, you know, I was pissed. But at the same time, guess what? The minute I dropped off, somebody came in, swooped up and took the deal. Mm. So lack of persistence on my part. Yeah. Right? And somebody else just came in and it's like, you know, what do they, they say? You know, when you're putting the quarters in the slot machine, right? Sometimes it's going to hit. And if you walk away before it hits, the guy behind you is going to come in, drop that quarter and it hits. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So everybody defines that. You're saying it's 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 everybody has a different threshold, right? Of of what their persistence levels are going to be like. Mine in that case, it was like okay, well, it was six months, and six months, I was like, ah, this isn't going anywhere. Kind of having that feeling, and then, fuck, there it was right at you know right after I quit, man. It, right. It, uh, it was, yeah. yeah it pisses happen. me off, but it happens. Yeah. It yeah, happens. yeah. Well, you you know what? It, it's it's funny you put that that uh, it's not funny, but uh, you bring that slot yeah, machine, it's not funny. <laughs> that slot machine um, uh, example or story, right? I was at I was at the casino. I never go to the casino. I stopped at at the casino, had one beer, and halfway through my beer, this lady comes and smacks me in the back, 
right? She thought I was somebody else. And, you know, older lady, she's just there collecting whatever she's collecting. She had a microwave and the giveaway stuff and stuff, promotional stuff. And then she was, like, so happy. I'm like, man, it looks like you hit the jackpot. She said, yeah, I'm actually kind of nervous. And I'm like, why? And she said, she's made 653000 this year. Wow. Ooh. In At the casino. And I'm like, jack, like blackjack or poker? She's like, no, slot machines. I'm like, what? How do you even do that? And she said, well, I'm a professional slot machine canvasser. I'm like, how do you even? What the we'll f- have her phone number. Doesn't even. <laughs> yeah. So then I realized I screwed up, right? But her duty is so she's a regular at a casino. Her duty is to walk around the casino. She knows all the regulars, and then she knows how long they sit for at different slot machines. And then she says, you know, I know this lady sits there for three hours, another one for eight hours, another one for ten hours, another one for an hour. And I know all these people. They don't know me, but my duty is to go around the casino and spot these people. I know what day they come in. These are like hardcore regulars, just like at a bar, right? And then when they when 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 they get up, she takes the deal. She sits there and she goes in, you know, she hits it 10, 20 bucks every time she pulls that stupid lever thing. And then she makes a ton of money. She started showing me all these different pictures, like <laughs> 23, 40,000, 50,000, like wow. you know, and I'm like, "Wow." So her persistence is different than that one yeah. person that dropped five, six hundred bucks into a slot machine and gave up on it just to move to a next one. Yep. Right. And then she came and monetized on that individual's effort. I, I feel like, that story is about me in this in this case I was talking about. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So we're getting into the hour of truth here. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, it's funny. She's making a killing in her slot, and she swears by the word of the Lord that she hates casinos. But that—that's—that's that's her niche. That's what she does. It's she said it's her two other her. ladies. Her casino is the Hammock Casino, and you know, I—I—I I, I didn't even meet the lady. She just hit me on the back. Um, <laughs> it was at the Morongo Casino here down the street. <laughs> And uh, and she told me the story about how much she makes, how she makes all this money being persistent on looking for people that give up. And she goes in there and, you know, throws some money in it and then spits out the, the cash. The strategy. She right. has her strategy. own the strategy. Yeah. yeah, that's her strategy, you know. Yeah. Which leads did you give up lately? Let me go door knock. <laughs> <laughs> but that's happened to me too, you know. It's like yeah. I, I remember one time walking into the office and I see this guy and I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I just sold my house to so-and-so. I'm like, what? You know, like I was there every day for the last month or whatever. And, well, which wasn't true. I mean, I visited him for a couple of weeks and uh, and then I just stopped going. You know, I stopped yeah. going, and and somebody else that came in right, right as you know, I got in my car and drove away, and then the guy pulls up and takes the house. He was watching you like she did. Yeah, it's like <laughs> binoculars from far away. You know, but it happens to everybody. Yeah. But the deal we're going to talk about tonight, I mean, let's let's yeah. get going with that, man. We're- yeah. So, um, I helped a a, a client. I call her a client, I guess. Last mm-hmm. last year, um, in a mobile home deal, she was about to lose her mobile home, and we helped her, uh get out of her mobile home, got her space rent all taken care of and uh, was able to actually get some money in her pocket. And then we turned around and, and flipped it. Right. Mm-hmm. So she was real happy with what we were able to do for her. Cause she thought she was just going to lose it. 
you know? So she got some money in her pocket. She was happy. And now a year later, she calls me up and says, Hey, I'm with a friend of mine who's about to lose her house. And she wants to talk to her real estate agent. But I told her before she talks to anybody, she has to call Steve. I was like, Oh, right on. I appreciate that. You know? So I started getting some information on the house, you know, what's happening, what's going on. And it turns out it's uh it started off as a tax default. Right. And so we went, you know, we got some information. We went up there and we started talking to them. And the initial start of the process was, oh, it, there's nothing old. It's free and clear. There's no debt anywhere um, other than the tax default issue. Mm-hmm. So we started kind of putting some, you know, kind of talking to her a little bit, um, just doing the part that we do to kind of get them enticed and, and, and wanting to move forward with making a deal with us. So Great. But it's all in the due diligence process where you start to uncover all the things that they don't tell you, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a big part of it. So we initially started off, like I said, big, uh, big lot, you know, <laughs> area's a little different or, yeah, the area's a little different. But yeah. overall, it's, it's, you know, it looked like it was, you know, it started off as a really good deal. Then it started and then it turned into not a deal, Right. Um, but again, that, that was all part of the due diligence. And we can talk a little bit about what that process looked like, which was, okay, we started to structure some stuff for her, but we needed to get, <laughs> we needed to get uh power of attorney so we could start looking into title and everything else along with it. And I'll, I'll kind of defer to uh, Mr. Weichel here because he's actually the uh, finder of all the crap that, <laughs> that came out of it. Um, when we started, after we got power of attorney from her. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I thought, and we always kind of do, which is a double ended sword, right? Uh, but, uh, power of attorney is something very, very powerful, but then it could be very, very, uh, counterintuitive to your deal. Right. Uh, the reason behind that is when you have a power of attorney, uh, you have a fiduciary obligation for the principal meaning you cannot persuade the principal to sell you the property for your benefit, you know? So it kind of sucks. But in this case, we utilize the limited power of attorney where it dies at the time of the discoveries, right? Uh, Very specific. We are looking for uh, information uh, to accelerate the process of a probate case, right? I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. So it went from tax default to probate. Right. Something I would have never taken. I don't take probate cases. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, But we discovered that it was a probate case in our first visit. And I said, oh, fuck, man. Campos, what'd you get me into, man? (laughs) You know? But then at the same time, um, it's it's been an interesting interesting, uh, uh, process because we're helping her identify and understand how much of what she thinks she has, she doesn't have, right? You know, this homeowner thinks they're making, they're going to be, they inherited a huge uh, asset when it's really became a huge liability. Yeah. This person has never been a homeowner before, um, doesn't understand homeownership, just from the basics of maintenance, doesn't yeah. even know where to start, where to go. Uh, she probably doesn't even know where her main water line is to the house. Um, she figured, you know, the gas line was a gas line because the gas company came and shut the gas down. Um, 
and you know now she's she has a tax defaulted property uh that's where you know campos kind of said you know you want to check this out with me we go check it out we start discovering that she's got 15 different liens against the property uh we have uh the probate case with the bond attached to the property uh, then we have There's uh, a mechanic lien too, right? Yeah, the yeah, mechanic, mechanic lien, which gets further interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I tell Campos, you know what? Okay, I got to do some research on the mechanic. The, so the 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 uh, uh, validity of the mechanics lien, right? There's a process to perfect a mechanics lien. You just don't show up and 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 uh, and record a mechanics lien. You could, but it depends how it's structured. So the way this this mechanics lien got structured, there's a bunch of loopholes, right? So as a contractor, I know the rules and uh, you know the, the the codes to be able to perfect your mechanics lien when it's attached to real property. And I saw all the signs that there was this was just bogus. So it's a scam, right? There's a yep. there, there's a scammer in the picture. There's drug abuse. There's a uh, a lot of uh, freeloaders. Yes. Right. Because it could it it could get even uglier. Now we have to evict. Yes. How many different people live there? Six. I want to say it was. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is this deal goes up and down. It's a roller coaster because we know at the beginning in the forefront it looked like it. You know we can make some money on it, and then it doesn't. I don't know how many times I saw Steve's face changing <laughs> while you guys are talking about the deal because yeah. it's just like, yeah, you got the deal. No, I don't think you got the deal. And then you come and you're just like, I didn't tell Steve, but it's not a deal. But now it's turning <laughs> into new. That is the persistence. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is the good part that it is still a deal, right? It, it, so. It, so it is still a deal. If um, <laughs> yeah, so there's a higher possibility of something coming out of it if um, she's willing to move forward, and so she already understands she's not meant to be a homeowner, right? Um, she doesn't want to continue being a homeowner. Yep. Right, and she wants to salvage or save as much of the inheritance as she can because she has absolutely nothing. Nothing. Um. It's still on that roller coaster. The, now, the person that did the mechanics lien just passed. November 6th. Right? So he just died out of an over, overdose. Oh. So he was. It, it was a scam, which got legitimately recorded, perfected twice. That's the crazy part. How the... You know, I don't want to go too, much, go, go too far down that rabbit hole, but he was in jail. And then as soon as it sounds like as soon as he got out of jail, he went back and and refiled it, the the mechanic lien. Yeah, and he and he he promised her that he was going to take her house. Yeah, that he was going to take her house away. Yeah, that's the crazy part. Now you guys have a ghost on their back. Now and- we have yeah we have bones <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> so I mean this one this is by far the craziest deal that I've ever been involved with. You know that's what I mean? Probate. With all the with all the stuff that you know the 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 craziness with this guy and, and his drug abuse and then the uh, little bit of uh, domestic violence between the two, right, with, you know, cops being involved. I mean, it's just been pretty crazy. And then the amount of people that we have to deal with now from the eviction process that has to we have to go through, right? Um, and then there's 
uh, there's a trail like a, a a trailer on on the property that needs to be removed, and then we found out that when we we're there, uh, we we're there this this past Saturday, she showed us um something from the city, right? That 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 they wanted her out of the house because of lack of utilities. Yeah. And like, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. Our living condition. Yeah. yeah. So, so a little uh, golden nugget here, a little lesson for everybody listening. Uh, mechanics liens, if uh, they come uh, against the property for work performed or uh, goods uh, provided to the owner or the property in uh, the subject property uh, in the state of California, um, you have to be licensed. You have to be a, either a licensed. Uh, uh, a supplier or a licensed contractor, right? A licensed supplier for the goods or a licensed contractor for the work. The miss for this dude where I, I told Campos, you know, the, the, I mean, we, we're going we're gonna to fix this. Uh, first thing, look him up as a contractor. So in the state of California, if you perform work where in combination of time and goods, time and material, equate for more than $499, you have to be licensed, okay? Anything above $499, you have to be licensed. Anything below $499, you don't have to be licensed. It's considered handyman work, okay? So what happens when you hire a contractor and he's not licensed and you go to small claims for whatever reason, the judge isn't going to grant this individual any more than $499. This podcast is sponsored by Become an Investor. Here at Become an Investor, we believe in you and your unique potential. We're a community of like-minded individuals, all working a path towards financial independence. We're about empowering you to take control of your financial future. Well, how? Well, most of us got started with foreclosure leads, and you now can too. Follow the link in the show notes below, and for a limited time, you can get our foreclosure ebook. With that, we'll also send you up to 10 free leads in your local area. So get those leads. Get this book so you too can get started on your path to living life by design. Now back to the podcast. So that's where I was telling Campos, you know, it's like this guy, I haven't been able to find him, skip trace him through the contractor's board. Uh, I'm, I'm a contractor, right? I have three classifications under my license. I understand the system. I know exactly what I was looking for, and I couldn't find it. So I told Campos, well, you know, the worst case, the judge is going to grant them $499 right. from, from a $76,000 lien. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. You know? That's so right. I told Campos, you know, it's like, here's a little golden nugget. The guy filed his, mechanic, his mechanics lien for work performed. It reads HVAC, uh, fire sprinklers, chimney work. Ceiling, yeah, like a bunch of different, yeah. like the verbiage directs you to believe that he performed the work, which he never did. He never did. He never did any of the work, right? None, none whatsoever. Had he, had he described his mechanics liens, the reasoning behind his mechanics lien as a loan, a $76,000 loan for someone else to do the work, then he would be entitled to his money. Because now we're talking about a loan, right? You know, not not work being performed. So now, say I lend you, Danny, seventy six thousand dollars because you're going to go do work at Steve's house, 
but then you don't do the work. Okay? You just go to Vegas. Right? And then you That you, sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. And then you blow, you blow you blow the money in Vegas and then you come back and then you say, "Oh shit, I don't have the money for Steve's work. You know what? I'm just going to skip town." Well, so as long as I can prove that the money was going to be utilized, that the loan was directed to his address, I can go and place a lien against the address. At the end of the day, somebody's got to pay. Yeah. And in this case, he was going to he was going to he was liable for all this, specifically the fraud side of it. But for us, the downside was he was going to walk away with four hundred ninety nine dollars. Yes. You know, well, kind of an upside too. <laughs> yeah, but but you know it happened to be unfortunately the guy passed. Whether he'd be alive or not, he doesn't have a case. Uh, we just have to take those documents to the judge, and say, look at Mr. Judge, he wasn't a li- uh, uh, a licensed contractor. Number one, he did not perform any work. Number two, and now he's he's dead. Like who do we give his four hundred ninety nine dollars to? For any work, any signs of work that could have been performed, because we didn't see any goods, we didn't see any work. AC doesn't even work, right? <laughs> so you know, it, it it could get really foggy, really cloudy when you're working with all these different deals and all these different personalities. But if you if you stay the course and you're persistent about, you know how you how you know the outcome or not necessarily the outcome but your processes towards achieving an outcome for the seller you you could be in great deals you know some people yeah. just get scared with all these legalities or all these processes and they just want the easy deals you yeah. know but easier deals pay lower dividends yep you know yep. um for this lady we're fixing a whole bunch of problems and then making money as we're doing it and I think one of the things, though, I think the key, one of the key takeaways that I'd like our listeners to to get out of this, also, beyond that that golden nugget you dropped on them regarding contractors licensing, um, is this: you have to, have to, have to, and I can't stress this enough: have to do your due diligence, because had we not, had we taken everything at face value, had we not dug into what was going on with this property. We would have lost so much money, right? Just taking it as, oh, yeah, it's a tax default. Oh, maybe some probate. Um, but then not digging into this and, and finding all the liens, finding uh, the uh, the mechanics lien and, and, and that bond lien. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was something we didn't see right out the gate either. Mm-hmm. So, And then the 15 liens that came <laughs> beyond that, right? You know, always have to make sure that you do your due diligence. Don't get too excited about any of the deals that you come across. Make sure you do your due diligence. I can't stress that enough because, um, like I said, that's it's it's going to make you or break you. Yeah, yeah, and we're still at the verge of it not turning out to anything because if the house gets condemned. Yeah, and that's the other side of it, right? Right. If the house gets condemned because of the condition of the house, uh, the homeowner neglecting all the uh, visits from code enforcement and the city, they get the, I mean, these people get tired of that. Yep. And, and then they come and they, they just don't slap you on, on the hand anymore. They slap you on the face. <laughs> and then they say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to red tag your house. And if you want to occupy it again, this is the list. This is your bring checklist. Bring it to date. Yeah. Bring it to yep. date. And then guess what? If, if you didn't do your due diligence and you don't look into what the requirements are to, get you know get it occupied again 
you might not have the funds. Yeah. And if you have the funds, you might just have the funds, but no profit. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You might have the funds, but no profit associated with that, that yeah. those funds. And that list can get, I mean, especially looking at the house, right? And and all the things that we know that's wrong with it. I mean, that that's just going to be a laundry list of shit that you're going to have to do. I mean, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive. Very, very expensive. But it, you know, it'll give her, I think she's looking for peace of mind. Yeah. You know, she's. She's. I think she's at a point where she wants to make a little bit of money, which she will, but more so than anything, that peace of mind and, and maybe understanding that she didn't fail her dad. Yeah. Right? In inheriting that property and then dropping the ball. And just losing everything. And then just, yeah. So yeah. I, And I think that, you know, what, what, we're, what we're doing and, and uh, is, you know, helping her with, with the situation because, I mean, so, like the last visit we had was, it was kind of sad. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. We just broke the news to her, like, hey, this isn't going to work, you know? There's nothing in it at this point based on what we found. And, man, the, remember the look on her face, the tear, just like, ah, uh, you know? And then that's what she said. Like, I feel like something in the sense in the sense of she let her dad down, right? She didn't want to mm-hmm. let her dad down. And I was just like, oh, man, you know? But, I mean, the numbers are the numbers. We can't, you know, we can't be base anything on emotion and just remember that as well guys because sometimes you're going to come into that and feel bad for you know people but the numbers are the numbers at the end of the day and there's not much you can do with if the numbers don't match yeah yeah it's it's important you know just as important as your due diligence is your comps right how good are your comps because you can't force equity into a property if the area doesn't give you further equity further value than what it is you can't come across and say oh i want a million for this house when you know the average uh, price is three fifty, exactly. <laughs> it, I mean, somebody's really gonna want the house and say, "I need to buy this house for a million because I know my grandparents, my great great grandparents owned this house, and they buried two pots of gold underneath." <laughs> <laughs> Which is not gonna happen, right? But you have to do your numbers off of your comps and do your due diligence. Just as important to see yep. if it even makes sense and- when, when the numbers come. And don't let your emotion, your emotions cloud your judgment. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It it it, it could it could get really uh cloudy when you when you're so anxious to get a deal. Yep. And uh you're not doing your math properly. Yep. Yeah, you on the end of the day you're there to help solving their problems. Mm-hmm. But on many situations, you are not going to be able to solve any problem because, it, I mean, and it's their problems. You need to always be with the mindset that it's also your business. You also need to make your living right for for your family and mm-hmm. just don't get that emotional. It's hard, but it is what yep. it, it is what takes sometimes be a little, you know, not cold, but it business or business, right? Yeah, exactly. Just you can't you can't take somebody's monkey off their back and put it on yours. No, the the day, you know it's their monkey. They got to own it. The only thing you can do is help remove it, but you can't carry it. Right, exactly. can't carry it. Right, you got to know what your position is. Yep, you know, and then not get into their space. You said this on one of our podcasts uh, a couple of weeks back. You know, don't don't you you can be. You know, watch the story, but don't become part of the story. Yeah. Right? No way. That'll cost you so much money. Yeah. So yeah. much money, man. 
you know yeah it it and a lot of people getting into the business um i don't i don't i don't want to say this man but i i have to say i just don't retain anything right it, it, it's a poker game this is a poker game and you got to play with that poker face right mm-hmm. at the end of the day you you want all the chips greed in this business is natural right the the miss is when you allow that greed overpower reality yeah you know and if if greed shadows reality then you're not really serving anybody and you know what sucks you can get in trouble you can get in trouble really easily oh yeah you know you're gonna structure something that just doesn't that can be borderline or or illegal and illegal yeah yeah Yeah. it it can it can um but very entertaining yeah and very interesting case for sure a lot more to come a lot more to come um we got some stuff that we still need to work on and and figure out you know how to handle this whole death certificate thing now for the guy that did pass and uh some work to do there and then some additional stuff on the seller side there that we got to deal with so yeah lots of good luck for you guys i mean you you know what it it um you got to understand what your investor id is right because a lot of people won't touch this with the 10-foot stick They, they just won't do it you know some people there's a lot of programs out there that want the easy quick buck and i don't I mean, I get the experience and I get checking the box and I made some money through the process, but those type of processes don't have that longevity into maybe saying, you know what, I've defined myself as a real estate investor. This is what I want to do because it 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 covers the effort. It does everything I want. It gives me the freedom. Um, and then, you, you, you know, when you understand different strategies, and you understand that some of these strategies um, save you and make money in these complex deals. You're in it for, I don't know, for me, it just became like a natural career where I love doing it. Um, I won't change it for anything. Right. Uh, I don't really care for the quick buck, you know, type of deals, even though they're great when they come around. Yeah. But that's not my focus. That's not my focus in my business, right? Yeah. Um, I'm super cool with having all these complex deals because they they pay the higher dividends. You know? Yep. That's my take on it. I've had the experience with it. That I've noticed that they're the ones that pay the most. Use the bigger the problem, the the more you make. Bigger the challenge, bigger it's going to be your payday. Yeah, the return. The return. Right. Yeah. So, plus all the learning curve over there. That is how you're going to. Be creative, have the opportunities, different opportunities on your hands to be that creative person, that creative investor, Mm -hmm. and use what you really have on your mind. Yeah. That is what is going to bring out the knowledge that you have because it's out knowledge. I mean, what can you do? You're going to be stuck on the, okay, there's a mechanical in here. You're stuck. You already fell. You already gave up. But because... Uh, fortunately, you have people that you can leverage like you and understand how that contract part, mm-hmm. you know, p- a part of the process, you can 
uh, leverage yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can use that. Thank God you're in the community. That's why community is important. It's right. important. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Because I, I was going to say that, that that was something we talked about one or two podcasts ago, right? The can fake knowledge. Yeah. Remember can't I fake said knowledge. That? And, can and, fake knowledge. And no, not at all. There's no faking it till you make it. And I mean, you know, it's all about leverage and, and leveraging knowledge, right? Because yeah. you're right. You can't fake it. You know, and in this case, I, I didn't know about that whole, uh, the $500 piece of the contractor's license thing. Mm -hmm. So golden nugget for me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, in one of my coaching sessions this morning, we, we spoke about um, uh, the different profiles of people that you come around. Right. So it's not that I'm advocating for the fake it till you make it. Uh, you just have to know where you fake it till you make it. Yeah. Right. So you got to understand the profile of people that you're in or around you, which is your higher profile, your similar profile and your lower profile. Uh, you cannot fake it till you make it with the higher or some of the similar profile people that you hang around with because they can tell that you're faking it. Yeah. You know, you can go ahead and try to uh, dabble around that with the lower profile people that don't know the ins and outs of the business. And then they'll say, OK, dude, you know, you know what you're talking about. I want to do what you're doing. You know, I'm going to use you as my role model to get into this business. But you can't pull that off with the higher profile person that can read your shit everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> so fake it to your make it is applicable somewhat somewhere. Not for everybody across the board. Right. That's a big no, no. You can burn so many bridges, you yeah. know, doing that. And that's not good. I no. mean, if you're looking for longevity, not only in this business, it's any business. I mean, in your business, uh, Junior here, I don't, I don't know that you can fake it till you make it with people that have been doing what you're doing for 10 years. No, you can't. I can't go to somebody and be like, I want this, this, and that for that pair of shoes right there. And be like, I know what I'm talking about. Right. Because they've been in this longer than me. They know more. And they're like, hell no. They know what that, those values are. They know what the value is. This guy doesn't know they know they're going to get screwed. Yeah. And then I'm like, uh, that burns the bridge there. Yeah. Like, why would I work with this guy? Yeah. He's going to try to burn me all the time now. So who's at, who's at a loss now? No, I'm at the loss now. Right. Because I lost that, that connection. Right. Yeah. But that's really like what this is all about. Like, yeah, you can try to like, okay, my, my business, my motto is I don't want to burn anybody. I don't want to burn anybody. I don't want to do any, anybody wrong. That's just me. That's my morals. Mm -hmm. No, I can go to somebody lower than me and say, oh, that pair of shoes you have, they're worth 50 bucks, but really they're worth 150, mm. right? But that's what you mean by the lower profile, but my morals, how I run my business, that's exactly. not something I do. That's not what's about what I'm about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I second that. I don't think, um, I think there's more power in empowering mm -hmm. uh, than in uh, abusing yeah. Of somebody's lack of knowledge. Yeah. Right. So when you when you talk to your lower profile uh, uh, individuals, you empower them with knowledge. Dude, they come back when you least expect it and they get you out of the hole, you know, because they don't forget that you could have taken advantage, but you didn't. You did the right thing. Like I just had a friend of I bought a pair of shoes off of him. He's like. Well, uh, I bought him for this, and he kind of got screwed on the deal. Mm -hmm. He bought two pairs, a pair of Jordan 5s and a pair of Jordan 12s for, gosh, I want to say 300 The shoes don't go for nearly that much. Wow. And I told him, look, 
you got screwed. And he tried to come at me like, oh, I'll give you these shoes for, I think he said 160. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I could sell it for 120, 130 at most. Wow. And I told him, look, I'll try to cut your deal here. I have a pair of shoes you want. Let's try to make something work. So, you know, what? at least I can get you something out of this deal out of that hole you're in here. And at the same time, teach you. I taught him how to run comps on shoes, how to find out what a shoe really is worth before you mm-hmm. get screwed. And then things to look for, like the bottom of the shoe, like how worn it is, the, uh, the shoe needed paint touch up, things like that. I told him, these are all things you have to look out for. Uh, before you even make the deal, before you start talking numbers, because you don't know, you need to know what your profit margin is, what you can sell the shoe for, and what is it a reasonable price to get the shoe for? Yeah. So it's, it's just little things like the empower empowering right. him. Yeah, right. it, it, that that's that's like a bunch of golden nuggets. Yeah. It, and I don't mean to take this off course, but did you know that there's a national platform for uh, bottom of the shoe IDs in crime? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's crazy. Like, I, I forget what year it got brought into full-on, you know, use throughout law enforcement where you could be wearing the same size shoe, the same identical type of shoe, and uh, in crime, they take, if, if there's a footprint left behind, um, there's always a mark in a shoe. We walk in different territories, different, you know, uh, uh, pavement, concrete, out in the boonies, whatever it is. There's always a different mark on that bottom of the shoe that can link you to that murder case. It's like <laughs> a, they use it like a like thumbprint. a yeah, like, like a, a print. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. So I'm not gonna charge you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbprints on shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, there's there's a lot of variables in um, real estate deals. Yes, sir. Right, you can always be a middleman. You can always be a middleman, and being a middleman maybe doesn't uh, uh, um, entail so much research and so 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 many headaches. Um, but then a middleman, you know, just gets a fraction of what the deal can potentially bring in. Uh, or you can be the man, right, or the woman in the deal, right? That creative problem solver that is looking to save uh, some headaches around and get some monkeys off of people's back. And then bring the true value into all these different cases and and make make good money doing it. Yes, sir. Right. Um, due diligence, super duper important. Let's close it up, people. Um, what uh, what's your take, Campos Junior? <laughs> we we bring him back into the studio and he starts <laughs> crashing lights and everything. <laughs> Give your what's your take. Of persistence, a uh, big part of all of this, uh, just making sure you stay at it day in, day out. You don't give up, things like that, because you know what? It's going to take time. Anything takes time. Starting a business, schoolwork, whatever it is you're doing, learning something new, it's all going to take time. And you're not going to get there unless you stay at it 100% day in and day out. And you know what? A couple months, weeks down the road, you're going to look back and think, wow, I really did all of that. Yeah. I came this far. Yes, sir. And do your due diligence. That applies to in real estate and the shoe business, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comps, comps, yeah. comps. Oh, there you go. Comps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my take is uh, be persistent all the time. Uh, remember, it's not smart to be the smart person in the room all the time. Mm-hmm. If you have questions, just 
reach reach out to someone that you know has more knowledge than you this is not wrong there's nothing wrong or right to be not the smart person all the time just mm -hmm. uh, uh be be you be be genuine be be real for who you are that's going to take you longer and uh once you do that you are going to on the long term when you show with your real person you are building up partnerships and you build and you show is the the reality your reality you're trying to learn that's going to leverage you and maybe you're not going to make so much money on the start or you know that little persistence uh, uh on that little deal that we're working right now but your persistence to learn it's going to leverage yourself on the long term yep that's yep. 100% i myself i love working um with persistent people yeah you know the 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 best the best uh, uh um partners you can work with are those that are persistent that are reliable you know that say they're going to do something go across the finish line because sometimes you put in all the effort, especially in partnerships, you put in all the effort and then something falls through the cracks and then the deal goes south, right? Um, so that persistence and that reliability in your partners is very, very, very important. Um, yes, you're going to face those moments where you want to do everything yourself. I've done it. I've tried it. Um, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I've dropped the ball. Right. When I when when I'm doing things by myself, because you get burnt out. So even leveraging, uh, you know, your your colleagues, your peers, uh, your associates in the business allows you to do more before you even get burnt out and achieve further more than than uh, just doing it on solo mode. Yep. Solo mode is good. It It's great. But long term, it kind of sucks. Kind of fucking sucks, really. It gets a little lonely. But you know the the uh, everybody wants to tie their end result to the benefits of doing it solo and not sharing those benefits. Um, but then, how long are you going to carry that? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm with you on that. So that. Uh, persistence is 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 uh, very important, and persistent partners are further more important. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And don't forget due diligence. Your due right. diligence. Make sure you always do your due diligence. Well. That's it for tonight, guys. Thank you for joining us. And if you want to learn more about what we do here at Become an Investor, hit us up on our webpage, becomeaninvestor.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, TikTok. Don't forget the five stars. And don't forget to hit us with five stars, guys. You know we put out that good content for you. Um, and if you have any questions, info at becomeaninvestor.com. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.